Hey everybody, welcome back to Let's Level Up. My name is Rick Perez, and on this episode we're going to be talking a bit about a few things. Uh, legacy games in particular. Um, wanted to really quickly throw a shout out to Samantha Brown at Comet93384 on Twitter. Uh, she was the uh, winner of our Bloodsuckers giveaway. So we have reached out to them on Twitter and uh, looking to get a um, basically a, an address to ship the game back to. So I'm really excited for that. Congratulations, Samantha. I hope you guys really enjoy the game. I know I have a blast with it anytime I play it. So Bloodsuckers by Fireside Games, no longer in print. You got yourself a real nice prize. And all you had to do was enter the contest. It was a free thing. And I'm shipping this thing off to, uh, looks like Holman, Wisconsin, uh, according to your Twitter location. I'm looking at your profile right now, so that's kind of weird when I say it like that. Anyway, um, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys entering. We had over 100 entrants uh, into this contest, which was really, really fun for me. Um, and I didn't really promote it too much other than mentioning it on the podcast and popping on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. So, uh, again, I appreciate you. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy the game. Okay, let's talk about, you know, before I get into that, another episode, no guest. And I think what I want to start doing, unless there's a special event or something like that, but the first podcast of every month is just going to be me. And we're going to be talking about things. And then um, on the rest of the month, we'll have uh, guests on and whatnot. It'll be more of a... Um, uh, more of a show that you're used to hearing on this uh, on this media. So, um, yeah, first of the month podcast, just just your boy, me, the guy, the bad guy. You know me. I know. I I, I want to know you. Let me know what you're playing right now. Hit me up on Twitter at Let's Level Up. Tell me video games, board games, any kind of games. What are you playing? What are you loving right now? What can you not get enough of, either on the table or on your video screen? Um, since the last week episode came out, I've actually gotten to play Fallout 76 quite a bit. And I'm really, really liking it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And playing it with my son is just a blast. He's nine years old. Way, it's a game is way too mature for a nine-year-old to be playing. But, um... I don't know. I'm a terrible dad, I guess, at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, we're both really, really liking it. And he's at he's at that age, I was going to say, where um, I think MMOs are, are really powerful. So just being in that multiplayer environment um, is really cool. Uh, the game is still really, really glitchy. Uh, so hopefully they get some of that under wraps. It's probably going to be a month or two after release until it's um, going to be playable. Um, really, really playable without experiencing server crashes and whatnot. Um, I hope it's sooner. I would figure they'd learn some lessons from Elder Scrolls Online. I remember when that game first came out, uh, it was a mess. It looks like Fallout 76 isn't going to be too far behind that, but uh, it's a fun, fun mess right now, and uh, one that I think that if you're a fan of Fallout, um, it's definitely something that you should play. Uh, hit me up on Xbox if you guys are playing. Uh, I am at Stimpack Junkie, and that's Junkie J U N K Y because um, I didn't know how to spell Junkie when I was 14, and I first made my first Battle.net account, Stimpack Junkie, where I played StarCraft. And uh, before I even knew that Fallout was a thing, um, 
anyway, I, I, I'm super stoked for it. I played an obscene amount of Red Dead Redemption 2 as well, and I haven't played any tabletop games in the last week, and I feel like I'm slacking in that. Um, but Red Dead Redemption 2 is great. It is absolutely breathtaking, and um, it is extremely, extremely immersive. So if you're like one of the 15 people who plays video games and hasn't had a chance to play it yet, I would strongly recommend checking that out. Um, I'll be forming a posse come uh, come Xbox, come next week or whenever that uh, whenever the online mode's going to be coming out. I'll be forming a posse, and we'll be wrangling up some bad guys, maybe robbing some banks. I'm going to go in and out of that character uh, because I'm, I'm an idiot <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to be going in and out of the character probably because the game is it is so cool. And um, Arthur Morgan's an interesting guy so far. He's, he's pretty complex, uh, even though um, he describes himself as pretty one-dimensional. Um, uh, basically, the whole story is that the, you know the world's changing, like like Red Dead Redemption One, um, and the world's changing, and we have this group of outlaws that just aren't ready to change quite yet. So this takes place, um, I think, before Red Dead Redemption One. If if not before, it's during. Uh, Arthur's upset at John Marston because Marston's gone away a bit. Um, Marston's still alive, and we know how that ends at the end of Red Dead Redemption One. And uh, Jack, uh, John Jr., is um, is just a little boy. So he's who you end up playing at the end of Red Dead Redemption One uh, after after John passes. Uh, so you know you, you're right now the main. Like, I'm in Chapter Three, and the main character is Arthur. Um, I I don't know if that's going to be switching. I imagine it will. Um, just to keep in the same line that uh, RDR. Um, one kept. Uh, but man, this game has so much side stuff going on. I've I've probably played the game in the last week twenty something hours, and I think only five of those hours I've been actually doing quests. Uh, <laughs> and the rest of the time I've been hunting and fishing and uh, playing poker. I played in a lot of poker. And dominoes, and uh, what's that knife game? The you know Bishop's Gambit from from Alien. You know the, the knife uh, fillet thing. We have to we tap the knife in between your fingers and whatnot. Uh, that's a lot of fun. So yeah, that's a that's what I'm doing right now, and I am hoping to get some tabletop games in very very soon. Uh, I know Saturday is my good buddy Zach Orzik's, um Extra Life event, and I'll be playing a couple hours of D&D, I think Saturday morning. I uh, can't wait to do that. I haven't played D&D in far, far too long for it to be uh, maybe the greatest game ever made. I've, I haven't played it in a couple years, and um, I really want to get into it again because my son is of the age where I think he is uh, will absolutely love it. And we've been doing a few little role-playing exercises before bedtime and whatnot, and um, he really likes that, so... Uh, other than that, I've got Who Goes There, I've got Founders of Gloomhaven, and uh, Detective, all burning holes in my shelves that I can't wait to get to. But one of the main things I wanted to talk about on this episode are legacy games. 
what do you think? What do you think about legacy games? I was a big, big fan um, when Pandemic Legacy came around, and the thought of building a a, a narrative and and even a uh, not not just a storyline, but mechanical things that can change from game to game and alter the way you play the game throughout a season um, was very, very interesting to me. Um, I just picked up Werewolf Legacy, and we had our first night of it, and we played um, all of Chapter 1 and the prologue, and I think that is a really solid, solid version of Werewolf. It's the most fun I've had playing Werewolf, um, maybe ever, when we played. There was a group of, at at one point there was 14, um, and then we we lost four... At the end of the first session of chapter one, so they played through the pro, play, uh, prologue and then that. So we had a group of ten, I think, solid um, throughout the rest of the chapter. And uh, I don't know if everybody had as good of a time as I did, uh, but I really hope so. I moderated it. Uh, moderating Werewolf Legacy is so awesome because the game really, really guides the moderator on what to say and even some flair to put in there. And, um, it was, it was great. And the, um, the little legacy components, I won't, I won't, there will be no spoilers here, but the legacy components that you experienced just in chapter one, um, are really fun. So, um, I can't wait to get back to it, have another big night and, and play through chapter two. Um, there were some events that happened at the end of chapter one. that's really going to make chapter two super interesting, uh, for us. Um, but it's a, it's, it's cool. Um, that being said, there are a lot of legacy games coming out right now and not all of them are super great. Um, and, and when I say legacy, I'm not, I'm, I'm talking about the, um, the idea that you have a, a, a standalone campaign within your board game. Gloomhaven is a legacy game, right? I mean, even though, uh, it doesn't say legacy Gloomhaven, um, that's very much what it is. Charterstone is a, is a legacy style game. Um, you know, I've heard amazing, I've played Gloomhaven several sessions and it is absolutely amazing. I've heard pretty decent things about, uh, Charterstone, not that it blown anybody away that's played it. Um, uh, Seafall is another one of those games that's just, um, I, I haven't personally played it, but my friends that have played it have, have all felt a little meh on it. So, um, what do you think? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter or on our Facebook page and let me know what you think about legacy games. What are, what are some of the legacy games that you are absolutely head over heels in love with? Uh, are you a big fan of Charter Stone and Seafall? Let me know. What, what am I missing there? What is my gaming group missing there? Um, the thing about legacy games is that unless they're incredibly inviting and easy to do, it's going to be hard for me to complete a series. Only because I have a, a fairly large collection. It's not, it's not a... If, real board game collectors, as I, as I call them, you know, with uh, thousands of games... Um, my, my, my 400 game collection is nothing to that. Right. So, uh, I'm a little worried about that. Right. And I'm, I'm a little leery of collecting those styles of games only because I know I'm really not going to ever truly experience it. Um, I have every intention on going through Gloomhaven. 
and filling out that map. My wife and I are playing it, and we just we love it. It is it is an incredible game. And if you haven't played Gloomhaven, you should get it. Um, it's it runs about a hundred dollars, maybe one twenty in your store. Um, and it is it is an amazing RPG in a box. So if you've ever had, um, you know, if you ever wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons or a role playing game like that, but you didn't, you you don't feel comfortable doing the role playing piece, um, or the rule system may be a little too complex for you. Gloomhaven is a way to uh, experience an awesome dungeon in a box uh, that that m- evolves with you the more that you play. Um, you get to experience several different mechanics depending on the characters you're playing or the characters you're fighting or the dungeons you're in. Uh, there's there's RPG elements from encounters that happen within the city and on, while you're traveling, and it's just incredible to see this map come to life as you play the game. I mean, it's 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 one of those things that I'm just blown away every time I think about it. Um, it is excellent, and and you don't have to worry about having any sort of game master or dungeon master or referee or whatever you want to call them um, for it, because the game the game plays itself. I mean, there is there's logic that each of the uh, monsters will do, and the game will tell you to set up what monsters go where whenever you go into the dungeon. And uh, you experience it. And there's a random dungeon mechanic built into it as well. So you can constantly go in and experience this different thing. It, it reminds me almost of playing a game like Fallout or a game like Skyrim. Um, there's just that much to this game. And it is just absolutely breathtaking. Um, it's so much so I picked up Founders of Gloomhaven. Um, and I'm, I'm not I'm not 100% sold on it yet. It is, it is a bit of a heavier style Euro. Uh, than what we normally play here. I mean, the idea is that you're founding the town, and um, that's cool. Um, I bought it on that theme, and I bought it because I love Gloomhaven so much, and um, I believe Cool Stuff had it on special for $30. Um, So I picked it up. Um, I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Um, The rule book is a bit... Uh, is a bit of a chore to get through so far, so I haven't really even tried to play it solo yet. But hopefully, not this weekend, but next, um, I will get uh, a better chance to check it out. Or make the time to check it out. Um, it's There's one legacy game that I'm super excited for. And it's coming up, I believe, next week or the week after. And that is Legacy Betrayal at House on the Hill. Um, Legacy Betrayal, I believe, is going to be incredible. Betrayal at House on the Hill is one of... It is a board game that everybody should own. Um, whether you get the D&D skin, uh, Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, or you get the the Widow's Walk expansion pack, if you don't own Betrayal at House on the Hill, um, go to Amazon, go to your local game store, go to Target, um, go anywhere that sells games and pick you up a copy because the game is that good. Uh, again, I'm a little reserved about the legacy component, but I play Betrayal a lot. We we play Betrayal um, a couple times a month. I mean, anytime that we've got an hour to kill, um, we'll play a game of Betrayal uh, in between things just because it's that fun and um, really, really engrossing. And with, with the Widow's Walk expansion that came out, was that last year already? Uh, and then Betrayal at Baldur's Gate... I think that was the end of last year as well. Uh, it may begin the beginning of this year. Um, there's so many cool haunts and and things that 
it just feels fresh every time you play it. And for for a board game that is as old as Betrayal to still give people that feeling, I think is remarkable. And uh, again, it's so so fun. Check it out if you haven't already, because it is uh, it really is something special. But yeah, Betrayal Legacy coming out in a couple weeks. I'm excited. I, I hope to, um, if I can't pick it up right away, I hope to maybe maybe Santa brings it for me uh, for Christmas. Um, I'm excited about that. Of course, I talked about Keyforge last time. Keyforge is coming out in the middle of the month. So excited about getting that and, and playing some competitive local here. Um, it's going to be a blast. And um, yeah, $10 to buy you in. And buys you in for life, <laughs> uh, which is incredible. Uh, man, I, I hope it succeeds. I'm super, super bummed that they just pulled the plug on Netrunner um, because Netrunner is one of the best card games. That's not Magic the Gathering. I think maybe that's ever been made. Um, it is It is absolutely fantastic. I never played competitive Netrunner, um, so I'm not. I'm not super worried about it. But the, just knowing that the game isn't going to have any other expansions and, and things like that come out, um, it, it's just sad. It's sad to think about a game dying like that. Um, now I've got my cards, right? And I'll, I will always play if somebody wants to play. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it's when you have a giant company like Fantasy Flight or uh, Asmodee, I mean, it's just one of those things that I, I get the business thing, but Netrunner always felt... Like there was a huge audience for it. I mean, I, I guess if they decided to uh, to close it, then maybe there wasn't as big of an audience as they thought, or they wanted to put more money into Destiny or X Wing or something like that. Uh, you know, which which came around. I think both of those games came around after um, the reboot of Netrunner um, as an LCG, and I believe they're selling very well. Um, I, I, I think that whole Android universe just needs more content. And it, honestly, um, I just watched Blade Runner 2049. I know I'm like a year and a half late to the party. Uh, I can't get enough cyberpunk in my life. Uh, it was so good. I'm watching Cowboy Bebop again, um, which is an incredible show. Um, if you've never seen it, check it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's an, it's an amazing theme. Everything about Android Universe is incredible. And I can't... I, I've read a couple of the books. And I don't actually have the Android board game, uh, believe it or not. But I have uh, I have New Angeles. And, of course, I've got Netrunner. And um, I've got Mainframe as well, which is a cool area control game uh, that my son and I play occasionally. Uh, but that's cool. Um yeah, Cyberpunk. There needs to be more of it. There's not enough right now. Maybe when Cyberpunk 2077 or whatever comes out, um, we'll, we'll kind of get flooded with it. But uh, until then, I think right now is the time to release Cyberpunk content. Um, because if that game is as successful as other CD Projekt Red stuff, then it's going to be huge. So I think now is the time. Yeah, now's definitely the time. Get in there. Get the game. Buy, play some Netrunner. You know? Go watch Blade Runner. It's so good. Oh. I really like the movie, too. That was awesome. 
October's over. I watched an obscene amount of horror movies. Uh, the podcast with Joe Sweeney um, was awesome. Uh, talking about horror. Uh, Halloween was great with the kids. We got to go out and do a little bit of trick-or-treating, even though we got rained out. Um, it was a blast. My daughter was super sick. She went home from school yesterday. And um, yesterday was Halloween when I'm recording this. Um, she had a fever, and it really stunk. Because I told her she had to stay home, and she just started crying. It was, uh, man, nothing nothing hurts me more than seeing that little girl cry. It's just It just cuts me to my core. But, you know, you want to be a good parent. You don't want to let your kid who's got a fever go out in the rain and it's cold. And, you know, they need to be resting. I eventually caved. We decided to go ahead and let her do it. And uh, I'm glad we did. Um, today she was still sick, but she's much better now. Uh, she ended up staying home again today. Uh, but letting her go out for that 30 minutes and uh, walk about and experience Halloween in some, in some fashion was, was super awesome. And, uh, you know, she, she didn't get worse. So I guess we, we dodged a bullet or uh, bad parenting. Uh, but it made me feel really good. Yeah. She's a, she's a very special one. If you guys haven't seen pictures of her, she's my middle child, uh, the blonde, uh, just wild as heck. Her name's Penelope or Penny. And, uh, something really, really special there. All of them are right. I mean, everyone's kids are special to them, but Yeah. Most people agree <laughs> with her. Uh, yeah, tomorrow is WWE Crown Jewel. <laughs> I know a lot of people who are very upset about this thing. I'm I'm not one, uh, for the record. Um, people people demonize WWE. I I think unfairly. Um. I think I think once you once you have an enough amount of money, I don't know what that number is, uh, but it's so easy for everybody to make you a villain. And um, McMahon, I know, gets a lot of um, a lot of bad press, maybe unjustly, maybe some of it's deserved. But um, the thing is, is that we're so quick now. To jump into this insane mob that we have online, and um, we're not talking to each other anymore, and it sucks, man. It really does. Uh, so if you haven't, if you aren't aware, uh, WWE is, is it, they did a, like a ten-year deal or something like that. It's and it's a huge deal for the for the talent for the company um, to to do shows for the next ten years in Saudi Arabia. Um, there was a journalist who was brutally killed in Saudi Arabia, um, uh, an American journalist at that, and um, it's just not, it's not a, if you're listening to this and you're Saudi Arabian or no Saudi Arabians, um, I am ignorant, uh, I'll say that right now, but it doesn't strike me as a very progressive culture. Uh, women are barely able to drive uh, there. Um and it's it's one of those those completely backwards. I mean, if you're gay, um, you don't have rights, right? Women don't really have rights there. If you're a Jew, you don't really have right rights there. Excuse me, Jewish. Um, it's it's just it sucks knowing that there's cultures out there that are still like that. So after the journalists got murdered, um, everybody said, "Hey, WWE doesn't need to go." 
back to Saudi Arabia anytime soon. Uh, and and I, I my first instinct was to say, no, no, they should. They should go back. Uh, only because, and I know this is a minority opinion, and I get it. And, I, and I'm not trying to make a hot take. Here's what I sincerely believe. That the only way for a, a regime to be toppled is for the people to know that there's a better way. Um, I think we saw that with Berlin. I think we've seen that um, with Afghanistan. Um, the people in Egypt seem to experience that every 20 years or something crazy. You know, it's just... You don't know that there's a better life out there unless you're experiencing it. And if something as silly, you know how I feel about wrestling, if something as silly as wrestling can show you these characters and these figures from American culture and let people know that there may be a better way to do things, to treat people, to to laugh and, 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 and showcase sportsmanship to each other, um on a big stage, then yeah, we should be there. You know? Absolutely. And if the and if the guys that are going there are getting paid for it, then great. Do it. I'm going to watch. I, I don't expect the show to be very good. Because the Greatest Royal Rumble was, was not super great. The best thing that came out of it <laughs> was Titus. Uh, if you haven't seen this, um, I'll post it on my Twitter. Uh, but <laughs> he just Titus running down to the ring during his Royal Rumble entrance and falling and sliding into the bottom of the ring, man, it is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, I and I hope for a good show. I really do. There's there's some really really strong strong talent. You know, some of the best people in the world are on that card. Um, there's like a little mini tournament that they're doing. Uh, I'm really, really bummed about the Universal Championship match. It should be a tournament. The winner of the World Cup actually should be the champion, but whatever. Um, yeah, I'm super bummed about Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. I don't want to see them go after it. I'm really worried that they're going to put it back on Brock, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So anyways, it's on tomorrow morning, I think at 11 a.m. Uh, Central Time. I think maybe mid noon, noon Eastern, or maybe it's eleven Eastern. I don't know. It's early in the morning uh, for a wrestling show on a Friday, uh, where most people are going to be working. Luckily, I work from home, and I'm going to have it on in the background. So I'll be I'll be checking it out. Um, if you're one of the people that have boycott WWE because of this, um, I disagree with the way that you're doing it, but I completely understand um, why. And uh, more power to you. If there's enough people who who cancel their subscriptions that say they were going to, and they actually do, then uh, maybe maybe WWE could take a stronger stance against things like that, right? And they can say, hey, if we're going to come back and wrestle here, our females are going to be allowed to wrestle, or else we're not coming back, right? Guys like Sami Zayn of Israeli descent are going to be able to go and wrestle. And not have to worry about anything, or else we're not coming back, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of terrible things that happen there. And again, I I may drink the Kool Aid uh, a bit 
toe that company line a bit too much, but uh, I think again, one of the reasons why it's such an incredible, incredible moment, really, then that first one, um, is that again, I think with this, this culture is is going to be changed, and it may take too long to get it done, you know. But I think I think it's going to be done, and uh, can't wait, can't wait to see it done, and hopefully the show's good. Um, if you canceled, more power to you. Fight on. Keep it up. Uh, I think wrestling is incredibly awesome. And it's it's something that, um, if you can get past the fakeness, right? It's something that anybody could enjoy. Uh, because it never takes itself too seriously. It's incredibly silly. And uh, just awesome. So, yeah, that's Crown Jewel. Um, that's what's going on with my thoughts on legacy games or what I'm playing right now. Um, next week we should have a guest back. In fact, it's one that you should be intimately familiar with. Mr. Scott talks Morris coming back to the show. We'll probably talk crown jewel WWE, what he's doing lately. He's a big wig open GTS distribution now. Um, you know, they, if you guys don't know, they own uh, a lot of different companies um, like Passport Game Studios, uh, where where Scott was president for a while. So uh, we will we'll talk with him, catch up on the show, and uh, that's it. Yeah, you guys, let me leave you a little words of wisdom here. Life is super short, and uh, you gotta you gotta enjoy it, and. Um, not all these battles that we're fighting all the time are worth fighting. Uh, and the fact that we have all seemingly all lost all ways to be able to speak with each other. Um, and we just divide into our different tribes and then go to war. It just, it just really takes it out of me. So be kind to one another. Talk with each other. It's important. It really is. And, and stop being so toxic just just it's too short man you don't want to get smoked by a bus tomorrow and uh the last two years of your life you've you've just been (laughs) fighting all these battles you know or maybe you do maybe you do who am i to say what you want anyway that's our show i appreciate you thank you for listening until next time game on (laughs) 